so I, I appreciate the support. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button or whatever those guys say. Ah, um, I, I really do appreciate the support. Welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. My name is Danny Moreno, and I'm a professional runner for Hoka, One One, and Rabbit. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. Great cause. Oh, thanks. I respect that, man. So keep doing what you do, man. Keep inspiring. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey everyone, it's the Train for Ultra podcast. Got Jurek here. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? Decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler, I could probably run across the country. 100 miles is not that far. Big thank you to Patreon supporters, excited to put your name right here. And just, I couldn't do the show without you. And then Exoskin, if you haven't tried them out, just really solid gear. They make socks, toe socks, underwear now, compression bottoms, shirts, hats, sleeves, you name it. And it's all really high tech, really high quality. And I use it in my own races because I truly believe in the product. So, if you want to try it out, feel free to use the promo code T, the number 4U20, for 20% off now. It might change over time. It will hopefully be the best code available for you. And I'll put that code right on the screen there for you. But big thank you to Exoskin. Big thank you to you Patreon supporters. And just hopefully you enjoy this episode. So I'm joined here by a co-host, a new co-host, Emily Howgood. She's been on a previous episode and was very excited to, you know, have her do a few co-hosts. And um, she's about to run Western States. And then we have a friend of the show now. I think Danny Moreno has been on the episode, uh, three episodes. This is your third episode. This is my third. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you guys for joining me on the Training for Ultra podcast. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're yeah. also going to try to roll this out on YouTube. Uh, for those listening, if you want to watch the interview while you're on a treadmill or doing whatever. Um, so you two, I just want to start off with race travel and just travel in general. I mean, I thought it was ironic that we had to push this recording a day because Emily was having trouble traveling. Danny, it sounds like your experience traveling was wild. Um, Emily, thank you for for being able to uh, to actually log in here. What happened to you yesterday? <laughs> yeah, so something happened in Denver or something. It got too hot, and they grounded planes for a while, and so planes were delayed. Um, yeah, I'm really grateful that you guys didn't mind pushing it a day so that we could all be on here together. Danny, I mean. Happy birthday, also. Oh, this is our birthday you. interview. Um, 
what took place? I mean, I was watching your Instagram stories, and I actually was like very entertained. Um, <laughs> and then it went silent because you probably were going international flight. Um, what happened? When did this race pop up on your radar? Why did you so desperately want to get there? How many cities did you travel to get to your race? Yeah, yeah, it was really wild. So um, I had no anticipation of doing this race until I think the last week of May. Um, essentially, what I did is they had this the Golden Series, which is put on by Solomon. Um, they have pretty much like mostly marathon distances, mountain races. Anyways, long story long, the first race is typically Zagama, which um, I've always been interested in, but I, I wasn't planning on doing this year. And that got canceled just due to the uncertainty. And uh, this race, Ola de Nuria, which I probably butcher the pronunciation of that, um, kind of came up. And um, I originally was planning on doing the GoPro games in Colorado, which are, it's a lot shorter. It's a 10K and this one was a bit longer. Um, but anyways, it came up and I emailed the race just saying like, hey, I know you said no one should email you like to not be to not be bothering you, but I'm bothering you anyways. Um, if there's any way I could get into this race, like I'd love to uh, just because last year when I saw that they were able to put on the um, the stage races, I just had like a little bit of FOMO, like I wished I was there and they were able to make it happen and stuff. Um, so then that was like beginning of May and I wasn't getting any response and I was like, okay, they're, they're full. Like they're not going to add me. I committed to the GoPro games was actually like doing, being like a social partner with them. Like started doing Instagram stories, was going to do a blog, etc. And then, uh, the last week of May, they finally got back to me. They're like, haven't you gotten any of our emails? Like you have a bib, like you need to respond to us. It's like, whoa, I have not gotten any emails from you. Um, so it was a quick turnaround. I called my coach up, um, obviously going from a 10K to a half marathon with wait, like five times more climbing than the race I was planning to do was sh such a shift, but luckily he supported it. Um, so yeah, it kind of was just a full commit uh, at that point. And uh, we knew that the competition was going to be steep and great. And I, even though that wasn't the original tension with my training, we were doing a lot more shorter hill sprints. Um, we like pivoted for two weeks to, tr to try and make up a little bit. Um, but anyways, so then uh, anyone who's traveled recently knows there's a bunch of COVID protocols you have to do. So I'm vaccinated. So that's one of the things. And then uh, the next part is you have to have a COVID test within 72 hours of, I thought, when you travel. Uh, so that's the big asterisk right there because I was reading all these things and I printed out all my documents, something I never do. I was like overly prepared. Um, I buy the flight and I get to the airport uh, having already, um, I woke up at 2 a.m. in Mammoth, so I had to drive three hours to Reno. Um, and got there at 5 a.m. because I usually am always uh, like a little too late for things. Um, so I'm like, I'm just going to, this is a new year, new Danny. I'm overly prepared. My stuff is printed out. I'm going to be at the airport way ahead of time, etc. And I'm like really excited. I'm feeling good. Sending my coach text like, I'm on my way to Spain. Da, 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 da. We're going to crush this. And then I hand my documents to the lady and... I don't know, maybe she was having a bad morning or something. She's like, you can't get on the plane. And my heart just sung. I was like, 
what do you mean? Like, I have everything here. And she's like, nope, your test when you land is gonna be like two hours late, meaning you'll get there and your test will be 74 hours instead of 72 hours. And I tried to pull the crying card. I'm like, but I have to go, da, 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 all these things. And um, yeah, and she just was like, nope. And she like brings her friends over and they're like, yeah, honey, you can't get on the plane, da, 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 da. Um, so yeah. And it was just crazy because like, it really challenged me. I like did a little Instagram post about it to like really commit to this race because it already was kind of last minute and I was nervous about it. I was nervous about the competition, nervous about switching the training the last couple weeks. And I was like, that's it. It's a sign. I shouldn't go. Da 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 da. And um, I called my coach really upset and he's like, so what? What's the next plane? And I was like, you, you think I should still go? And um, yeah, we, we just like discussed it. He made me feel better. I got a COVID test in the, in the airport, uh, bought a whole new plane ticket, which is, um, that was hard because it, it cost a lot more. Um, and the crazy part was I finally got on the plane. I was only gonna get there like four hours later than originally anticipated. I get to my next connection. I'm on that flight. And then when we're in the sky, the pilot essentially says like, hey, we have this maintenance issue. He was like really sleeping under the rug. He's like, "Don't, it's not gonna be a big thing. We're just gonna keep looking at it. Just letting you know that there's this maintenance issue that we might have to take care of. And everyone's like, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Um, but then he kept flying and then like 10 minutes later, he's like, so the maintenance issue is kind of still happening. Um, not really telling us and people are starting to freak out. <laughs> he's like, we're going to have to fly back two hours to Minneapolis, um, and land there. And at that point I was just like, I'm never going to get to Spain. <laughs> I'm just going to be in the U S. Um, and at that point I'd already been traveling for like 17 hours, which Getting to Minneapolis would normally only take five hours. Um, and at that point, I was just like, okay. And then he's like, we're just going to land for 10 minutes. We'll fix it really quickly. We'll get back in the air. And everyone just starts like pulling out their phones. And one person's like, I have a friend of a friend of a friend who says it's not going to be 10 minutes. And everyone's like, whoa, like more than 10 minutes. And <laughs> the whole plane just starts speculating about what's going on. And then this other guy's like... Um, and then essentially it was a good reason we stopped. Like the fuel gauge wasn't working and the plane was actually like leaking. Um, so it was, it was good that we stopped. Um, I'm going to get through the story. Sorry. It's so long. So then I was stuck in Minneapolis and, um, it, I don't know. It was kind of cool. Like it was my first time doing like a long travel and a lot of people on that plane, we were going to Amsterdam. So a lot of people were traveling for the first time since COVID had started. And so it was kind of like everyone was in it together feeling the same thing. And everyone's like, yeah, I haven't traveled in a year and a half. Da, da, da. I'm going here, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. Um, and so like, I actually like made friends with people. And uh, I met this girl who was like a Red Bull cliff diver. And this was her first competition internationally in over a year and a half. And I met this other woman who was um, potentially gonna move to Europe after this. And then and another gentleman that was going over to finally see his family in over a year and a half. And it, it kind of just like kind of bonded the group cause we were all going through the same thing. Um, 
but yeah, I, I eventually got there. I got there a day later and um, it was really stressful. And then it just turned into a, a funny situation. And then obviously, as Emily knows, like you just get really tired from that. Um, so the whole rest of the week, I just took it really, really slow. Um, and luckily I've had experience with travel issues before more on my part, um, <laughs> my own fault, not the, not the plane leaking. Uh, so I was kind of used to the, the drama and the excitement of it, I guess. And that's the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Danny, Danny, thank you for joining right. us. Danny makes it <laughs> where, to Europe. Where can we follow you on social media? Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> Emily, start us off. Start us off here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh gosh, it's always travel is an adventure in itself for sure. And, you know, if it hadn't been that, your bag would have been lost or, you know, something. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, super exciting that you and your coach just kept on it and, you know, found another way to go about it and didn't just give up and go home. I think that's big. And, that's huge and that's what you know everyone needs to do it's not the end of the world that <laughs> like something happens okay you know just take it in your stride and that's kind of how racing is and I mean we're gonna dive into your race too but you crushed it over there despite all the craziness and that's really exciting and kudos to you for yeah just keeping going <laughs> thank you appreciate that <laughs> yeah and so what what was the start line like? What I mean, and tell me more about this competition because my guess is a lot of those European races have been canceled, and you're seeing like a concentration of just top caliber racers showing up to, especially Golden Trail races. Um, but tell me more about the competition and looking around the start line, getting ready for this. Yeah, it was um, it was really interesting because um, we have these things called ITRA scores, which I'm sure Emily is familiar with, and they they like hold weight in some instances. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I I wouldn't be familiar. No, I, well, I'm saying like as, <laughs> an ath- as an athlete, like trying to get into races I, and stuff. <laughs> I know I know my score. It's like two hundred thousand in the world okay (laughs) just throwing it out there okay continue sorry (laughs) you probably know your score better than us (laughs) i'm just kidding yeah because it's comical like i didn't know there were that many runners like trail trail and ultra runners you're like i'm number two million how is that even possible (laughs) um yeah, so these scores, which you both are aware of, um, they, like, I don't know, they're, they're interesting because races will sometimes provide you with assistance based on your score. But what's interesting about the score is, like, you can place top 10 in, like, a huge race and, like, your score will, like, somewhat be subpar even though your position and your, your, your result is amazing, in my opinion. And then you could go to the smaller races and win and get, like, a really high score. Um, So, basically what I'm saying is, like, I, like, came in with a top 10, right, score. Um, But then the list that was on there, I was like, this is a phenomenal list. Like, even though I'm in the top 10, like, there's a lot of these women who have 
lower scores than me that have kicked my butt many times before in international competition. And then um, once I got there, there was even more women that weren't even on that list that they had sent us. Um, so that's a long-winded way to say is like the field was a lot deeper and competitive than I already was kind of anticipating and like expecting it to be. So that was really exciting. Um, and as far as like the starting line, it was, it honestly was like a bit surreal. I haven't been, it, I haven't done any of the Golden Series races and they do just such a good job with the media and everything and like pumping it up. And um, they have like a lot of pre-race stuff, pre-race interviews and everything. Um, some of those women I had never raced before, but like I know them and I follow them. And yeah, it was just like a high caliber list. And um, I was trying to like uh, respect that list, but also just like have confidence in myself that I belonged there. And like, even if someone had beaten me in the past, like I could beat them on that day. Um, so yeah, that, that's basically what I was focusing on. And it was just cool. I mean, European racing is, is just, it's so different than American racing. Um, there's, we, when we got to the top ridge, like every single peak, there was people, which would never happen here. <laughs> You're like in the middle of this giant mountain range and there's people somehow managing their way on a scrambled peak of cheering for you. Um, so yeah, it was just a, a cool experience through and through. Were you the only American? that made that flight no um my friend rachel drake and bailey i think you say kolakowski um they were two americans and then there was one uh gentleman david sinclair uh on the male side yeah so i was supposed to have the rental car too and get there before them and they all got there before me <laughs> which is really yeah, funny. That always like that <laughs> yeah don't depend on Danny for a rental car. Yeah, don't depend on me. Emily, what questions do you have for Danny? Yeah, so, um, I mean, how was how did you find it different? I know, like, I j was just telling Rob that we've run the rut together, and um, that's probably the most, I don't know, technical off-trail race there is, just because they have the ski resort, and they can, you know, use that. Um, and... How do you, do you enjoy being over there? I think they have a little more freedom in Europe to kind of take you anywhere they want. Yeah. It, um, what was interesting is the course itself. So it started with a like a 5K climb um, with about like 3,000 feet of climbing. Um, and I was, what? yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Europe. <laughs> yeah. Did you do your math right? To start. 1,000 no. feet per mile? Yeah, it was it was like the first mile was a little bit mild and then it got steeper and steeper as the race went on, um, which was wild. But um, yeah, so I was training for a shorter course. And so immediately that intimidated me was that long climb. And uh, in past international competitions, I just have been left in the dust on first climbs and that's something that I really have been working on this year is just having confidence to go out and that I can hold it um so yeah we we started the race and I just was like just 
just have confidence that you will have something left if you go out hard once you get to the ridge. And um, there was, again, like many women who, who have beaten me before and that I respect to the utmost highest thing. Um, and, they're, and they're phenomenal. And it kind of just was a surreal moment when I noticed that a lot of them weren't behind me and, and how close I was to the front women, which obviously it's... <laughs> It's a little uh, misconceiving, as Emily knows, and I'm sure as you know too, Rob, is you'll see someone, you're like, they're so close, like, I can just get them, but on an uphill, it's it's skewed, right, because of the actual distance, Um, so once we got to the top, I was like, oh, they're not as close as they actually, I thought they were, Um, but anyways, so that that gave me confidence, and then once we got to the top, um, all the... A lot of people during the week were talking about the course and they're like, yeah, once you get to the top, like it's super runnable and then you just get to the downhill. And then luckily, uh, one of the women, uh, Megan McKenzie, she's like, don't listen to anybody who's saying that because once you get to the top, you're actually like going up, down, up, down. And I think we hit seven peaks. And so I just really hung on to what she said. I'm like, don't listen to anyone who's saying it's runnable. That's just like Europeans being Europeans. <laughs> and um, yeah, sure enough, when we got to the top, I was like, okay. And it was just completely technical the whole way. Um, Emily, you would have crushed it. It just was really fun. Um, you had a high chance of falling. So you just had to have like good footwork and then transition into that uphill. And then the last downhill... Uh, again, you're just like, oh, it's a 5k downhill. But if you think of it naturally, it's like we climbed really steep. You're going to have to go downhill really steep. And that downhill, just like your quads were, were burning. And, um, this girl, uh, I don't want to mispronounce her name. I think it's Lucille. Um, she passed me going on the up climb and I was like, yeah, I'm going to catch her on the downhill. And she was flying so fast and I was flying, trying to catch her, and I was actually closing the gap, and then I just eat, like, I want to say the word, but I don't want to say the word. Um, and there's a woman by me, like, oh, you know, like, freaked out for me. And then I just jump up. I was like, don't look at any of your legs. You're probably bleeding everywhere. Just keep going. Um, and then I just sprinted as hard as I could, and I didn't have enough real estate to catch her. But the course was insane. Like, it was, I'm still tired from it. I, it was, like, it was just, like, technically and the climbing and the descending, um, I just have never done anything like it. And it was cool. So, yeah, I mean, you had a strong finish there, despite oh, falling you. over. <laughs> Thanks. Did you, like, hit the Superman pose at all, like, during this midair flight? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'll start off with what is runnable is all relative. So, uh, it, and it applies to everyone. What Killian says is runnable, uh, there's, there might only be three other people in the world that think the same thing. What is it like to redline out of the gates? Uh, it, knowing you're going to suffer, how do you separate mentally, like, the ability to continue to push, but also know you're on that fine line. Like you're putting it all out there and you might not even have any for that downhill 5k. Like how, how did you mentally tackle that? 
Yeah, I think what, again, that was just something that I've been working on this year, um, just because in, like, I've done well domestically, but, like, for me personally, like, my expectations of myself, I just haven't really nailed it internationally. Um, and so I'm, I always just consider myself a student of the sport. And so when I would look at the, um, I would look at like Strava and stuff after these races to figure out, okay, where is it that these women are just dropping me, especially like that top 10. And I would notice that all of them just would climb so much stronger, but my paces would be so much similar to them for the later part of the race. And I'm like, okay, if I can just stick with them, and like keep keep that same kind of momentum, then I can I can compete with them. Um, and so in the spring, uh, I kind me and my coach kind of just took the initiative as like every race I do, just go out hard and experience what that feels like to to have to kind of um, recover mid race and and take that momentum into the next part of the race. Um, the I did like a track five k. Um, to kind of get that going. And then I did a, a race up in Oregon called the Peterson Ridge Rumble, which was 10 miles uphill, 10 miles downhill. And that sole purpose of that race was to just hammer the uphill and just see what my legs had for the downhill. And then again, I did that with the Canyons 25K, just like go out as close as I can to six minute pace and just see what happens. Um, and I think experiencing that time not time and time again, but just three times. And then uh, simulating that in practice just gave me confidence. It's like, hey, I can do hill repeats and then follow up with like a low six minute tempo. And so if I can do that in practice, I can do that, a version of that in racing. Um, The other thing I noticed too is with um, a lot of climbing right out of the gate, if I breathe through my nose, it calms me down versus getting so caught up in just like, like thinking I'm working really hard, trying to like trick myself into thinking like, no, you're just, you're just getting into position. That's interesting. I remember commenting now actually on your Instagram, I think you were on the track and I was like, you made that look really easy. Like (laughs) as you're sprinting around, you know, doing 400s or something. Um, Emily, I don't want to leave you out. What what questions do you have? No, I mean, I think it's just interesting that you say that because when I started competing overseas too, I found, you know, I was like, I'm just as fit as everyone and just as ready to conquer. And I think us being the youngins of the sport, um, there's something to like the climbing legs you develop over time just from racing more of those races and getting used to like the gradient and continual climb and um, you know, like the 5k with 3k vert over there is not unusual. That's a very common, um, part of races over there. And so the more and more time you get doing them, the better you are at them. Um, and in that race situation and being redlined too, I mean, it's nice when you have a short race and you can be redlined, but if you're redlined and then you have to run a lot (laughs) after that, Uh, Like you were saying, Danny, just getting that experience in, I think that is kind of key. Um, And so I'm sure looking back at Strava, you found that, you know, the girls that were doing that have just been doing our sport for a longer period of time. Yeah. I mean, at what point point do we call it mountain climbing? Like, just (laughs) climbing? Like, is is there a certain... 
Like, you have to wear a 15? helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's a safety person and you have to, or have to wear a helmet, then that small portion of the race is considered mountain climbing. Mountain climbing. <laughs> yeah. And so I know this is a short this is a short race, but tell me about that low point because there was probably a mile 10 moment where you thought about quitting or, or you know you battled something at some point right yeah definitely I would say it was halfway through honestly because I think I had done that hammer right so I think that was about a 50-ish minute climb 55 minute climb um which that's already you know, close to halfway through the race. <laughs> and then you have to jam through the top. Um, and I just remember looking at my watch. I'm like, we're almost done. Like, we're almost done with this ridge. And I looked down. I was like, nope, we still have like three miles up here. <laughs> and I couldn't see anyone in front of me. And so I just felt like I was grasping onto the guys, you know, trying to to see if I could catch anyone. And I was like, okay, that top seven isn't coming back or that top six isn't coming back. Um, and I couldn't see anyone behind me either because um, I would look back a couple of times on, on the climbs. And so, um, yeah, it was tough. I found myself, I like am questioning whether I got too complacent with that because I couldn't see anybody on either end. Um, and obviously you just kind of, pick at your races no matter what, like even if it was a good result. Um, but yeah, going into that last climb is when I saw the girl coming up on me and I just kind of like got a second win and she was, I mean, she was, she ran a phenomenal race looking back at her split. She just came on really strong at the end. Uh, and yeah, just that, that race to the finish. But that halfway point is, it was low mentally because I feel like I was losing my push. Like I was starting to get a little tired uh, and then I kind of like t- took a half mile or so to be like, no, you got to keep going and, and finished off the race. And then for the downhill, you're famous for visualizing painting with your feet <laughs> down technical trail. Was this too steep to paint? Like, was there a color <laughs> yeah. that was under your mind? And I, I yeah. know you were, when you face planted, you probably were seeing all kinds of Colors, colors and yeah. stars Rainbows. and stuff but <laughs> yeah. um it honestly was I was pretty reckless with this downhill because I was chasing that girl um and Emily knows this because I've chased her down a downhill um <laughs> is you and it, you've probably experienced this too Rob is just like if you <laughs> Like <laughs> you just, I don't know when, when, when the person is right there, you just, you're the, what you're taking chances on just skyrockets. And I just remember at one point we were going through this, I, I have never experienced this in the U S but it's like this weird lumpy grass thing. That's also really slippery, um, with weird spots. And I like tripped up there. Um, and there was a guy with a camera just yelling at me. He's like, go, 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 go. And I was able to run that one out. Um, and then we hit some switchbacks, which I feel really comfortable on switchbacks, um, just because we have so many in the U.S. That's most of our downhills. And so I was just cranking there. And, um, yeah, it just it was just one slip up. Um, but as far as painting, no, I think I – I honestly feel like I was blacked out for like that whole last downhill <laughs> because I yeah. was in so much pain. 
and it was one of those races. <laughs> and once I fell, it, it it was like such a. It felt so slow and so fast because I was like, I lost her, and I was like, No, Danny, get the f up. Like you can still catch her. There's still a mile left. And so I just bounced up um, and just gave it all I have. And I just remember her looking back and looking like somewhat terrified. <laughs> and she told me afterwards, she's like, I was so scared you were going to catch me. <laughs> um, and I was, I was cranking and um, yeah, it was wild. I literally pushed myself so much that I thought I was going to like collapse before the finish line. Uh, I just was hitting such a point where my body was starting to lose its, um, I don't know what that word is, like. Motor function. It's motor function, thank you. Um, it's motor <laughs> function. My boyfriend's in there. Um, yeah. It was, it was losing Danny, Danny's voice just got really deep. Um. Motor function. Uh, yeah. yeah. Have to and do then. Some drug testing on Danny here. Um. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then the race was over. Honestly, um, she 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 was on the grass. I was on the grass, and I saw her finishing, uh, which made me proud. Honestly, the fact that I pushed myself to that point. Yeah, for the record, having a flying Danny coming behind you is pretty scary. So, <laughs> uh, luckily, you, you two will be in front of me forever, so I don't have to worry. <laughs> um, so. Danny, how did you fuel during this? Did you just have a handheld? Did you take anything? Were there aid stations? Like, this is a totally different realm. And then, just generally, how long does this type of race take? Because it's just so different than I think 99% of my listeners are used to. Yeah, so I think my time ended up being like 240-something, 245 or so. Um, I took, I carried everything cause it was technically a self-sufficient race, like in the rule book. Um, and yeah, yeah, just saying, um, and, uh, yeah, I drank two bottles and I ran out of water cause there was no aid stations and you're up at mostly 9,000 feet. So it was pretty dry and it was pretty warm. So that was a bit of a bummer, right? I couldn't pick up any water. Um, but it is what it is. I was following the rules. And then um, I probably ate like 10 spring energy. Yeah. What? Yeah. I on the, was not on the climb, that. Wow. <laughs> on the climb, I ate three. Um, just, thank you. Um, just to front load. And then, um, yeah, I just like tried to eat every, pretty much every uphill after that. And I think the feeling of, like kind of bonking was more from not having enough, enough water like towards the end i mean do you think this was your best performance like are you how satisfied are you i'd say to start with um it's always hard to say right when when i finished i was stoked like i called my coach i was like in happy tears um it just i at an international level, it was definitely my best performance. Again, there was women in there who I just respect and still respect. And if they were on the, the starting line with me, I wouldn't just assume that I can beat them. Like every time I, I have to show up as my best self. Um, and so it was uh, kind of gratifying to like to have that win over, over women of such caliber because I feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit 
Uh, so to have, for me to think so highly of them um, is, gave me like a little, gave me a little bit more confidence. Like, no, like you, you, you are as good as them. Like you can compete with them. Um, so yeah, it was definitely my best result internationally. Overall, um, and maybe, I, it's hard to say, honestly. Um, cause for me, like my best results are just any race that I, f I finish and I just know I had nothing left. Um, that's kind of how I, I rate my own success. And, and I've had a couple races like that too. And, and this now is in that category as well. And just for climbing of this level, do you think speed workouts actually helped your climbing or do you think hill repeats helped? Was there one that benefited you more or less was it the combination of the two yeah that's a interesting question because um i feel like me doing track is always a, a topic that comes up between me and my friends um and fellow competitors is whether or not like how much or if it benefits you know trail running um for me, I, I believe it does. I think it just reinforces good um, form. It gives you confidence in your leg speed. Um, but where I see that show up more is isn't downhill, honestly, and and just more runnable terrain to me <laughs> uh, is where I see it most. Like I I don't get intimidated if I'm running 5:30 pace downhill because I know I can run faster flat. Um, where sometimes people can get intimidated by that. They're like, whoa, I'm, I'm going so fast. Like maybe this is too fast. Um, so yeah, I see it benefiting more downhill, but in the uphill aspect, the, the reinforcing good form and, and good arm drive and everything. Um, the biggest thing I think that helped my uphill though this year is that I moved to altitude, honestly. That and you're taking down 10 gels, like, geez. yeah. <laughs> Like, no that's kidding. super impressive. I I don't even think I'd do that from middle or back of the pack. That's, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Emily, what what do you have? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're covering everything, Rob. Don't worry about me. But um, <laughs> Do you agree think... with what, what Danny was saying about, uh, you know, running economy picked up by speed work? And yeah, 100%. 100% I think it's really important to have you know the speed behind and um, you know mixing it up is always a good idea I think when you do something continually you can get into kind of routines and you know how you run on on trail you know like what your pace is on trail what your heart rate is and when you throw the track workouts in there or hill reps or something like that that kind of just switches it up and like you said Danny just kind of gives you a more broad um realm of like possibility and what your body can achieve and so adding that all to it um yeah it's just really exciting i think that like you said you kind of just break those barriers of believing in what you can do um which is important on race day because race day you do do crazy things something you might walk down you're flying down and then you know you're doing great and that's where it all comes into play. And I think that's what we all love about racing is taking training and then just stepping it all up a gear. So congrats on that result. And hopefully we get that picture of you with your hands yeah. on your knees with the crowd and you're on top of a mountain 
the you know the classic uh, European race photo. Um, I'd love to share that. But let's shift gears really quick. Emily, you have a little race coming up here soon. I forget yeah. what it's called. It's like Western <laughs> something. Uh, it's yeah. like a hundred mile race that some some guy raced a horse at one point. I, I don't know. Western States 100. Um, are you getting excited for that? That's coming up quickly. And then I want to hear Danny, you'll be pacing, I think, and crewing. Is that correct? Yeah. What's cool. Emily, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm getting excited. I just got up into school or Olympic Valley last night. Um, so it's amazing to actually be here. Um, it's been a dream for a while. And uh, I spoke to you, Rob, just after I got my ticket. Um, I still don't believe it's about to happen, but <laughs> I'll be at the start line on Saturday. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, I... I'm really excited. I am so grateful to be here and um, I'm giving myself the benefit of like understanding how much work it is to get here and how much it took. Um, and I just, I don't know, I'm really grateful and really excited to share it. I'm living in a house right now with the Adidas team and it's really amazing to see everyone and get to kind of share the journey with my crew and obviously my coach has been there the whole time and so having you know him come up here or when I lasso him say like see you in school it's like oh, this is actually happening <laughs> um, yeah I'm just excited to take in the whole experience do you think this is too mind-blowing for you to like go out and race this being your first first time you tried over and over and over and over and over to get your golden ticket and you finally got it you didn't give up is this going to be too mind-blowing of an experience to be able to focus on actually like just going into the pain cave and pushing or are you oh, just no. like <laughs> i don't want to have to do this golden ticket thing again i am yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can ever be too mind blown to go into the pain cave. <laughs> yeah, Just hit that no. first climb as hard as you can. And don't forget that it's not 100 miles. It's like 100.2. So don't okay. don't forget about that, that uh, trip so around the track. <laughs> so you're saying I should take my uphill like Danny took hers. <laughs> I'd highly recommend that. Ten gels. <laughs> Danny will be picking me up on the bottom. <laughs> well, there's a gondola, so you can take that down. Um, <laughs> uh, Danny, you've been in like Euro World up in the Alps, basically, like in cooler temperatures. Are mm -hmm. you prepared for the heat? Will you be dropped by your runner? Who is your runner? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, for I'm, I'm I'm stoked for Emily, um, but I'm so excited Thanks, to watch you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I so it's I actually do okay in heat. I think just because I grew up in the heat, um, even when I'm away from it, I can kind of accommodate to it. So I hope I don't get dropped. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm really excited. I'm pacing Addie Bracy. I believe oh, she cool. got six last time. Uh, definitely top ten. Yeah. Um, and she is such a 
she's just been such like an inspiration to me. My first U.S. championship, she it was also her first U.S. championship, and she just blew us all out of the water. Um, and ever since then, we we've kind of like kept in touch. Uh, my first USA team was with her, and yeah, I was just really attracted to her energy. She's just very humble, very relaxed. Um, you, you just see that she loves the sport, but doesn't take it too seriously. And uh, her partner, Corey, I was on a USA team with her as well. And, and she also is just a, a great person. So um, this kind of came about because last year, Addie did a rim to rim to rim <laughs> attempt and I paced her there. And uh, I paced her for the second half and it just went really well. And I think it was literally two weeks after that, she's like, hey, I really enjoyed you as a pacer. Um, would you want to pace me at Western States? And I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to pencil that into my calendar right now so I don't have to race. Um, just because, <laughs> as you both know, it's just, I don't know, it's one of the events of the year, especially here in the U.S. And uh, with our running community, it just feels like, it's a party for us, you know, as a, as a weird group of people who like to run way too far. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just really excited. I'll pace her through 60, 63 miles through 78. And apparently this is like where the racing happens. Down and she's like, but, yeah, exactly. She's like, but don't get yeah. too excited. This is like hundred mile racing. It's not like 25 K racing. So the racing happening is like 10 minute pace. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited and I, I hope I don't get dropped. Yeah. I, Danny, I'm trying to remember, have you done, you've done a hundred K, right? I can't remember. No, I've only okay. done 150 K. Um, but this is, I am interested in this race, so this is also so I could kind of check it out. Because, cool. um, yeah, I'm planning to do some longer stuff next year. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm really excited to be around it. Um, nice. Also, just because, uh, like, Emily and Brittany Peterson and Ruth Croft, um, you all have just, like, inspired me because all three of you have done a lot of the races that I like, like the mountain marathon, like the really technical stuff. And um, I just think it it really helps. Like you have to be so strong for those really steep climbs and descent. And all of you have just transitioned so well into the long stuff. Um, so it also just kind of gives me confidence as well. Um, so yeah, just following in your, your footsteps, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I think you'll really love that section. Um, at least you have gravity on your side if you do get dropped. Just lean forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a downhill section, so <laughs> you'll be I'll good. just be I'll just be painting rocks by myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it'll be awesome. You'll really love that section. It's a pretty special spe section back in there, and um, you get down to the river, and it's a big party. That's what everyone keeps telling me. So. <laughs> It'll be uh, fun to see you. Emily, how familiar are you with the course? Have you been able to do enough training, like actually on the course, to be a little confident to know those climbs that you're going to try to run and the climbs that you might actually have to power hike up? Yeah, so I've seen from Robinson Flat all the way to the finish, um, which is awesome i know a lot of it and the first 30 miles is going to be all brand new which i'm really excited about um just to see you know red star ridge and cougar rock and all of that 
um, which I've heard so many stories about but haven't actually experienced it. Uh, yeah, I kind of have my own game plan and know where I'm going to run and hike and hope I can have legs at the finish and it's going to be an exciting day. I, I love, I've run down there quite a bit, especially the last um, section. Well, and with canyons, I mean, we did the course backwards. Um, and the whole yes. that whole race, I was like, well, I'm super, I super hope I get to run downhill <laughs> in a few weeks because that was all upward, up, uphill <laughs> on the course backwards. I'm so impressed you know all the spots already and the terminology. It's uh, yep. really impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's a special race. <laughs> I'm jealous. I, I wanted to film there. I'm not going to make the trip this year. I'm going to prioritize but man i'm so jealous of you guys hope you guys both have a lot of fun out there i want to finish with one last question danny do you have advice for emily emily do you have advice for danny because you guys i mean you everyone from the community learns from each other but i'm just interested to know if if you could danny start us off with any kind of advice for Emily for Western States and then Emily mainly how Danny can get through pacing, but then also uh, next year as she expands her horizon and goes longer, um, maybe along those lines. <laughs> um, well, it's kind of tough because I've never ran Western States or, or been to it, but I think just um, following your journey, it inspired so many people to see you try and try again, I just feel like that's so much harder than just knocking it out the first time. And um, I hope you just kind of lean on that that mental strength, which is apparent to me, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of other people, when it gets going, is like, you really, really earned your spot there, um, and you belong there. And obviously, you've been, been studying the course and stuff, so um, it's really, it is a celebration. Um, but also you, you, you can compete with the best there. And uh, I just hope that you ha have a good time doing it and enjoy the pain cave uh, when, it, <laughs> when it really starts to get to that real pain cave. You'll like start to get in the pain cave and then you'll probably get to 40 miles, I'm guessing. I don't know, I've never ran 100 miles. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just, just know that uh, you, you inspired a lot of people and I'm excited to watch you. Thanks, girl. I really appreciated your support and the support, like, from the community. I think it was it was a huge part of getting there, finally. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to celebrate with you all and glad that you get to be a part of it, too. Um, yeah, for pacing, I mean, your biggest job is just to be there as support and just love on Addie and keep her going and give her, you know, the confidence that you just gave me and that, you know, she deserves to be there and she's done this before and she knows what's ahead um, just to keep her going. Uh, enjoy seeing that section for the first time. I think that's really exciting and that'll add to your book leading into next year. Um, having you, you know, want to go into the longer distances, that's really amazing. And my biggest advice was just make sure you keep enjoying it. You know, don't do it because everyone else is doing it. Really find your love for it. Because I see that when you race the shorter races, um, all the races you're doing right now is that you really, really love it. And if you don't find that right now in the longer races, there's no pressure for you to get up to those longer races. 
Um, but if you can build that through and carry them into the longer races, then definitely like go for it. And you getting 10 gels down in that amount of time is really impressive and will really help you in longer races when you get to them. Um, so keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, and Emily, when you don't want to eat out there during stage, yeah. just think like... <laughs> Danny, got Danny took down 10 of these down. <laughs> that was like a half marathon. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And you're doing everything right. Like, it's really exciting to see you grow as an athlete. Um, and, I mean, you're an amazing trail sister to have out there and supporting the whole way. <laughs> oh, thanks, well, Emily. both both of you guys stay hydrated. Don't forget to take care of <laughs> Don't, don't forget to take care of yourself, Danny, during this crewing. Yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, I've, heard, I've heard some horror stories from pacers before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to be the cause of, of you know, chaos for your runner. Um, but just have fun. I really appreciate you guys taking so much time. And then I wanted to actually this time throw out where people can follow both of you on social media. Danny, where, where can we follow you and then Emily? Yeah, uh, my Instagram is at Dan underscore Y-Yell underscore A. <laughs> um, oh and then I also... I'll put it in yeah, the show know. notes. <laughs> yeah. Dan underscore Yell underscore A. I usually say uh, and then people get confused. Um, but yeah, and then I also have a website, Danny-Moreno.com, where you can find everything. Yeah, and then I'm just on Facebook and Instagram as Emily Holgood. Very easy. <laughs> no dashes or underscores or anything. Oz. <laughs> it must be nice. There's like a million Danny Mar- <laughs> There's like a million Danny Morenos in the world. <laughs> I know, and that's where I luck out is because I think there's only one other Emily Holgood and she's like some famous singer or something, so you can tell it's not me. <laughs> well have fun out there guys and stay in touch emily i want to have you back on to hear more about how your race went and danny i might have a whole episode just on your pacing um so have a great rest of your day and happy Happy birthday birthday. to you yeah (laughs) Uh, thank you appreciate that but have a good one and thank you again for joining me on the training for ultra podcast Don't forget to smash that subscribe button or whatever those guys say. Ah, um, I, I really do appreciate the support. Big thank you to Patreon supporters. Couldn't do this without you guys. So most importantly here, don't forget to enjoy your training. Have a great week. Thanks.